following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Welcome to a, another edition. Maybe my final edition. It's not going to be my final edition. I'll be back. But we're getting into football season. It's been a couple weeks. Summer, the more I've found summer in sports, there's nothing going on. I told my dad today. It's really nothing. I said, you know what? I go, I'm ready for the fall. I'm ready for the, I'm not, I don't, I'm not ready for winter, but I'm ready for the fall. Yeah. Like, because I, I'm the same way, like. There's just nothing going on. There's nothing to watch. I nope. mean, the Brewer game got over yesterday. Thank God there was a decent basketball game on. We'll talk about that later. But, Jesus, right? It's it's rough. Preseason football, man. It just... Well, I mean, and how... Don't get it done for me. How much can you talk about baseball when it's every day? Y- y- nothing really changes unless you want to check in every month and see where things have shifted. Trade deadline. You, can either, you can either talk about baseball... Every day, right? Or you just don't really talk about it, you know? And it's just not the day-to-day stuff is just not exciting enough, I guess, for me. So I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, another edition of the Intentional Foul. Back from vacation, ready for football. High school football starts uh, on Thursday. There's a couple of games which people ask me why exactly um, things are are on Thursdays this year because we've we would have things bumped up when there's like other religious holidays affecting different bigger communities but for this year there seems to be more Thursday games and I asked downtown to uh, Chris Nicholson who's in charge of getting a lot of referees for uh, all the sports contests and umpires and all that stuff and he said for football now there aren't enough crews to go around for all the games on Friday night so coaches are given a choice move up to Thursday, move back to Saturday, and most coaches would not want to waste some of their weekend and yeah, right. wait, 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 because usually one of these or two of these days are walkthroughs. I mean, I talked to one guy who's an assistant coach. They're not doing any live hitting during practice all year during the week. None. Hmm. I don't know if that's a good idea. It seems rather radical to me. Well, I mean... I'm not exactly old school. We've kind of seen that at the pro level, and that's why the tackling has become abysmal. Right. You know? Like, think the kids... When when are kids going to learn this stuff if you're not doing it It, in practice? If you're not teaching it, and you're not really getting into it, is it just supposed to magically appear on Thursdays or Fridays? I don't know. But... We'll talk about uh, some NFL stuff, college football. A lot happened while I was gone in that uh, in that respect. Um, and I was actually out in uh, Oregon for uh, stuff that was happening with the Big Ten. And then we'll touch on a little baseball. Uh, there's some NBA things happening and also the FIBA World Cup. And um, Whitewater uh, is going on and then high school and then Dan has some very good words of wisdom for me on my way out the door, <laughs> which is great. So we can start with uh, we can start with the NFL, which uh, preseason. I watched 
some of the game on Friday. I was batching it. It couldn't hold my attention past maybe the fur middle of the second quarter. I went back and I watched some of the highlights. Um, Jordan Love looked good. I mean, I know all the Packers media like to to drool over this type of stuff. And Michael even sent me some things about a uh, two-minute drill in practice where they ran down and they scored and then they missed the two-point conversion or whatever. But, uh, you know, how good Jordan Love. And I'm like, unless it's against an opposite color jersey in the regular season, you can't really do anything that gets me really excited. What I did see, what I noticed, and again, I'm the type to generally focus on the negative, he had a tight end slant and a drag, whatever, right over the middle of the field, clean pocket, wasn't being pressured, and he overthrew it by about two or three yards out of the reach of the tight end, and I just went, that's kind of one that you got to have. So that, I mean, he dropped a couple of dimes, and it was fine, and the defense was okay, but again, you can't tell anything from this. You can go with footwork and check downs and all that other procedural stuff, but until you get in the live game action where real wins and losses are on the line, it just doesn't do anything for me. Let me know when the season starts, and then I'll start forming my opinion. That's just how yeah. how I, I... No, I get it, man. And I've said ad nauseum on this pod the last couple of years, like, I don't give a shit about preseason anything, really. <laughs> I mean, even yesterday, me and my dad are watching the Brewers, and he's like... How many guys in the lineup today were even on the opening day roster? And I'm like, how many guys on the are, were even on the Brewers? That's a valid like, question. This preseason stuff for all these sports, I take it with a grain of salt. Yes. Um, it's been really interesting today listening to the extremes about Jordan Love. I'm watching Rich Eisen uh, before you came over, and he had his top five best things of, of the weekend that he saw, and Jordan Love was in there, and he talked about he thought he played fine. He, he he wasn't out of this world, but he wasn't a disaster. You know, the Packers got some decent weapons. They got a really good line around him. He thought he, was, he, thought he had a good weekend. Then I listened to Kyle Hurd earlier in the day, who is like, yeah, he went seven for ten, but he only threw for 46 yards. He brought up that awful miss that he called the layup that's elementary. I didn't see it. Oh, it was all. It was all. I, I he, screamed at the TV. And he said he had the lowest yards per attempt of any quarterback in the weekend. It was like five yards or something like that, which I thought I saw him throw a bomb, so I don't know how that equates. Yeah. But basically his point was it's year four. You've been in this offense for four years. They hand the keys over to you in the first preseason, preseason game, and they're coddling you and not letting you loose. So it's just, I don't know which one is right. right. I'm just saying the extremes here, it's like there is money to be made right now as a broadcaster <laughs> shitting on Jordan Love. There, oh, there, sure. there is. And Colin, love him or hate him, he's going to capitalize on that. Yep. And and Eisen, he's usually a pretty even keel, sure. likes to see the good side of things, so he's given Love some love. It probably falls a little one. bit more in the middle, but I didn't watch the game on Friday. I forgot it was even on. <laughs> and, and you live in Wisconsin. The only reason I even knew the Bears played on Saturday was because it popped up on my phone. That's how much I don't care about preseason. But I did watch eight minutes of the Bear game. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And? 
Well, the first the first eight minutes were fantastic. Love threw a screen pass to the fullback, completed for like ten yards. Then he fields. Fields. Yes. Yep. Okay. And uh, and then he threw a not very good pass to DJ Moore, who caught it and ran sixty five yards for a touchdown. <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, that's why they traded for that guy. He's really good. And then the next time they got the ball, they handed it off a couple times, got nowhere, threw a screen to Herbert, and he ran sixty yards for a touchdown. And that was Fields' day. And I've I've seen some people take some shots and say, well, he didn't really do anything. Well, that's kind of the point of this offseason for the Bears. Right, mm-hmm. like last year, he had to do everything. Right, and it didn't look good, and it was not successful. That's why they went out and got DJ Moore. That's why they went out and got Tanyan. That's why they went out and got some of these running backs. And I think, as a Bear fan, you look around and you're like, Claypool and Mooney, they didn't even play. I'm not sure if Komet played. He might have played, but I don't think he. I don't think he was targeted at all. But, and I'm not sure if Tanyan even played. So like. They got some weapons now around fields. And, you know, watching that in those two plays that they scored on, I, I kind of thought back to Fields' college days. And it's like, if I'm a professional football coach and I'm or, or team and I'm investing this kind of capital into this quarterback, why wouldn't I want to go get those kind of guys offensively to put around him like they, and I'm not saying you got to be the superest of the superstars no. like he it'd be great if you had Justin Jefferson but you don't need Justin Jefferson just go get him a really good athlete that can make some plays in space and they've they've done that with DJ Moore and you know is he going to catch 110 balls for 1500 yards no but he's going to make big plays. But he might average a lot of yards yes. for how many balls yep. he does catch. He's going to be the other big playmaker on that offense along with Fields' uh, running ability. Now, Dude. there's some concerns, though, okay. with the Bears. Um, Valus Jones, who they invested a draft pick in last year, he's got this problem. He's the punt returner. Can't hold he on can't hold ball. on to the ball. He's got to go. He had this problem all last year. He fumbled and turned it over. Immediately this week. Um, the other thing, God, let's hope Fields don't get hurt. Ooh, I don't even know who's... P.J. Walker comes I in. I don't know who that is. Who backed up Sam Darnold last year and got a couple starts for Carolina. Oh, okay. He comes in, and the first pass he throws, he throws it 60 yards down the field. Unfortunately, Equinemius St. Brown was only about 45 yards down the field. <laughs> and he throws it right in the lap of the defense. And I'm like, okay. I've seen Fields complete three passes for two touchdowns. I'm going to take a nap. This is I've had enough. I really paid no attention to the defense. I don't know who played and who didn't play. Um, but yeah, that's that's my Bears thought so far. <laughs> Their offense looked good in the five minutes I saw him on the field. See now, how am I supposed to you? And you talk about backups. Who else is in the quarterback room uh, other Nathan than Nathan Peterman? Remember Still? him? Yeah. Yeah, he's still he, there. Yeah, he he I think got the majority of the snaps um, after Fields. So really? Walker okay. came in after Fields, but more attempts, more snaps for Peterman, which I guess maybe leads you to believe right now he's the third guy. That's what I would think. But uh, I don't think PJ Walker's got number two sewn up by any means. So the Packers early last week released Danny Etling, who had already been with the team 
for a portion of last year. I don't know whether it was a year before. And then they brought in the USFL MVP, Alex Magoo, mm-hmm. who yeah. I've never heard yeah. of um, until he got to Green Bay. And then they drafted this Sean Clifford guy out of Penn State in the fifth round. Now, people kind of like the Jordan Love reaction. Clifford comes in and, for the most part, shows that he can be a very dynamic player and lights it up. But, again, your rookie is taking snaps against second, third string. and even Guys that guys... may not even make the team. Correct. Yeah. So what are we supposed to take from that? Just mm-hmm. as much as we take from Jordan Love getting a couple series and finishing 7 out of 10 for X amount of yards and a touchdown? Like, how are you supposed to grade this stuff? And I know the coaches watch on film, but fans, and I don't know whether the coaches do have to take some of this stuff with a grain of salt, like how he might be good against backups. He might be good against second stringers. Mm -hmm. He might be good against third stringers. Is he going to be good if Jordan Love gets hurt and he has to start and go against other starters? I have no idea. From what I read, and even from what I saw, people think that that's a distinct possibility. I don't know until it happens. I pray to God it doesn't happen because I don't really like the thought of a rookie quarterback. Because really, to a Packer fan, if Love got hurt and you had to bring somebody else in, that guy's really the third stringer. Because it's Rodgers' love than this guy. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But it looks like they're going to keep at least... Clifford, I don't know if they're going to keep a third. To release Etling, who has been in the offense, um, but has had no sizable playing time, and then have this USFL guy, I mean, they've kept a third quarterback. Ah, these guys are all ham and eggers. They're not going to matter. 99% of the time, they're not going to matter. It's the, when they do matter, your team stinks. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, but that's what I said. If 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 we have to find out yeah, whether yeah, he's good, yeah, then you got bigger problems. Right. You know? Correct. You probably got three linemen hurt and that's why your quarterback got killed, you know? <laughs> um what I I did forget the Bears signed Yannick Ngakwe last week. Well, we haven't talked since they signed Komet either, I don't think, either to a long-term nope. deal, have we? Nope, we haven't. Okay. We haven't. They gave him a long-term deal, yep. which eh, okay. Okay. Um, they signed Ngakwe yep. for one year, which yep. is perfect. And then I saw this afternoon. So Atlanta released their starting linebacker. Uh, his last name's Walker. Okay. He started for him last year, and they after the first weekend of preseason, they cut him. And the Bears picked him up today. So I, I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's... A bad dude, or if he's got an injury, or what? Who knows? I have no idea. So that's an interesting pickup. Um, and I did hear in the pregame, um, Ryan uh, Poles was interviewed, and they were asking him about some of the preseason standouts this far. Hey, Parker, can you actually hear us this time, or are we on mute? <laughs> Go ahead. And he uh, he threw out Sewell, from the, oh, the linebacker okay. from Oregon, for sure. Who they're uh, they're very high on, and says has been making some big plays. And then, of course. Uh, the first round pick, Daryl Wright. So, mm-hmm. so are you just waiting to see what happens with that? With that's for Ngakwe and and this yeah, other he, dude. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to take him a little time to get into the into the flow here. He didn't play this week, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm going to have to do a little more research on this this guy from Atlanta because it's strange. Usually, a starter, and then after the first week of pre, is it an injury release? Does or is it like sign? this guy's washed? Like something happened. This Making guy's too washed. Much money. I have no idea. Yeah. 
So, well, Parker can hear us. All right, we're doing something right. That's posed, that bodes well for the Whitewater show. Um, I did see today, like, I, I followed along with the Jonathan Taylor stuff and it, it, the meeting with Ursay and where he went to his trailer or something and they had a talk and then he basically told me, yeah, we're not signing you to a long-term deal and then Taylor left and he's like, okay, I'm just not showing up to training camp, which now I hear that he's going to be at training camp. Sounds starting, like it. Starting next week. Yeah. But did we talk last time about this whole running back thing? I thought we did. We did, yeah. Uh, but this has kind of just been dragged out. And It's one of the all-time athlete pity parties that I can remember. <laughs> okay. You know, like just the constant Nobody likes whining. Us. And, Nobody wants us. No. It's like, hey, man, it is what it is. You're not – you have no leverage. Which doesn't make any sense to me. You want to you want to label that group, and that's not the way that the NFL is trending, and that's fine. But like, the stats don't really tell. They kind of tell a deeper story well, on how much he has meant to that team. That's the thing. There has to be, and and I think I brought this up the, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it. Like some of these guys, like Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, these guys that are like. 350 touches, but 80 of them are in the air. That has to matter right. in these negotiations. So, you know, what will probably end up happening is is the the players and the agents will try to do with some of the skill positions in football what has happened in the NBA, and that is to try their best to eliminate positional labels. If you're just a wing back, right. for instance, what does that mean? <laughs> does that mean you're a running back or are you a wide out? You're or you're just, you know, you're just a skill guy. And and it can be a receiver, it can be a tight end, it can be a running back, whatever, but you're based off production as opposed to your position because we've we've seen this in the NBA with centers, how they've been marginalized, with the exception of Embiid or Jokic or somebody. But most of these guys are kind of in that ten, twelve million dollar range, and you know, Brooke Lopez that that's kind of a anomaly the contract he got. But you know, it it, it happens in sports. It, mm-hmm. It's it's cyclical, and right now, running backs are kind of getting the shaft. Taylor's been rehabbing that ankle uh, off-site, but apparently he's going to try and come and pass his physical and report to camp. Uh, Hey, Ross. Hey, Dan. Thank you for also tuning in. Appreciate that. Everybody can hear us. That's great. Uh, Joe Burrow, uh, non-contact calf injury. Yeah, not good. Just goes down, was wearing a sleeve on that calf on just a little rollout, and, yeah, not great for your... For, you, for your marquee player, hey man, franchise. I, I am not bringing him back until he is a hundred percent. Does he for need sure. to play in the preseason? Well, was he going to play in the preseason? Well, I mean, even last year, they were like zero and three or one and three to start the year, and they still were awesome. So, I'd rather have thirteen awesome Joe Burrow games than three awesome, two crappy, miss a game, play a game, miss a game. Like that shit. Those muscle injuries like that, they linger. You got to get that right. Just ask your guy, Claypool. I yeah. What, that guy can't. No, he's a dandy. <laughs> you got anything else on the NFL so before? The, so apparently the blind side's a lie? I just saw this. I haven't. What the fuck? I haven't. Go- <laughs> Who would have guessed this? That Hollywood and these people fabricated this story. Who 
would have thought? Oh, it's a but it's a great sell. Of and course, that's why everybody has. Eaten well, it. Sandy Bullock bought it. If you can sell it to Sandy Bullock, man, Dude, could I think that's the year she won an Oscar yeah, and, I and think a Razzie so. at the same time? Um, I, I'm just wondering. So apparently, for people that don't know, the story about Michael Orr and these. You know, big black, six foot six, three hundred and twenty pound high school kid gets quote unquote adopted by this white family, and, and they kind of ride his coattails through college into the pros. Well, now after his entire career is over, and the movie is come and gone, and the money is probably dried up from the residuals from that, he's now claiming that he was conned into believing he was adopted by these people, and he, like, signed away his conservatorship, and this is all a ruse. It's all been a big ruse. It's interesting when he retired, and he had been trying to find a job, I want to say, for the last year in, like, the league before he just kind of gave up and called it quits. Um, but like you had used the word earlier, washed. He had been, he was washed. Couldn't find work. Then he retires and then says, well, this whole thing really hurt my career. <laughs> yeah. And I went, really? Right. I don't know how it could possibly have gone against you. I would have you. thought like everybody would have been like, oh, the blindside guy? Yeah, sign him. Right? Yes. And he appeared to be good. Yeah, and he was for, a decent player on the Ravens. Yes, yeah. for a, a good chunk of time. But then you lose your skill, and then you're not in the league, and now you're going against what kind of helped make you. And now this next step is to say, yeah, that whole thing was a ruse. And I got I got taken for a ride on it, which I don't know any of the backstory or any of the characters. I've seen the movie enough times to know that that family was already pretty well off. Did they really need to get more rich off of his? Did like what did they get from his contract? What yeah. did, how much money did they get? From him while he was a pro, I don't know. I don't know. That. I don't know. Like I, th- that's what I want to know. What what was in it for them instead of just getting their names out in a Hollywood story? Maybe it was just the movie. Maybe they were hoping we do this, we're gonna get a. Yeah, but who knows? They're getting a movie. I don't. Hey, if that guy's the a business owner as much as he was and as savvy as they might have been, maybe they maybe they were experts in marketing and tried to sell this and somebody bought it and then made the movie. I I have no idea, but I want to know exactly how much they have profited from this. It just seems guy, former kid. It just seems a little late in the game from Michael or at this point to, to kind of claim shenanigans on this. That's what I think. You know, it's like, maybe you're getting bad information. Maybe like, you know, a lot of times these athletes, they get their money stolen out from them by their accountants and shit and their right. lawyers. You yeah. know, like maybe somebody else stole your shit and they're blaming it on these people. Like, who knows? It's just the whole thing is very strange. And you're looking for somebody yeah. to blame. Yeah. So you blame it on the family that, as far as I know, and again, I don't know any details, kind of gave you the path to where you got. Just leave my girl out of it. Don't be talking shit about Sandra Bullock. That's all I ask. Okay. All right, uh, college football. Oh my god, who's playing where and why? Show. I, I mean, I accepted the USC UCLA thing. It seems stupid at the time. I got it from a marketing perspective, and because 
At the end of the day, what does it boil down to? Money. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked about it. Even Greg Hughes talked about it on the air today with Bear. You know, it, it was all, it's all financially motivated. Rutgers and Maryland have done nothing for the conference, for the Big Ten, except give them an inroad with the Big Ten network to the Northeast. Fine. Where if, they don't give a shit about those teams anyway. Kind of Because they're not the Northeast. Right. You That's ACC's Big the, East the school, stuff like that. The Northeast is New York. Yeah. No, nobody cares about Piscataway, New Jersey. Nobody cares about college football in New York because they don't have any teams. They don't care about Rut- – you know how many colleges are out there? Nobody gives a rat's ass about Rutgers. And, yeah, Maryland. Maryland is – shit, Maryland's like as close to fucking Miami as it is Boston. As Bill would say, it's two blocks from nowhere. Yeah. It's a, this, this is why I hate college football. I hate college football. Because it has wrecked college sports as as and it and it has screwed up every other sport that college athletics offers. Um nobody is talking about the volleyball team for Washington that now has to fly to Rutgers to play a volleyball match or the girls' softball team. And and this is what people forget. They're not getting the same amenities oh, that the football foot, no. and the basketball teams are getting. No. They're not getting – they don't have the army of tutors and teacher's assistants that the football program has. They're not flying on their own plane. They're flying commercial. Their bags get lost. They're staying in shittier hotels. It, it's like, I, I understand it's financial and, and it's capitalism, and I get it. I get all of it. But for the sanctity all the of other, sports. All the other stuff that's getting forgotten is the part that pisses me off and is why I hate college football. It, it's because they've wrecked everything. They wrecked the Big East. Best basketball conference ever created. They wrecked it. Why? So Syracuse could go to the ACC? When the hell has Syracuse football been relevant? They haven't been relevant since they had Donovan McNabb, that's and they was, weren't even any good then. That's what I was going to say. Like, these teams, they leave conferences. Remember when Nebraska came in? and mm-hmm. Oh, Nebraska. Nobody football was, power. Nobody was Can't saying that. Can't wait for that Badger-Nebraska rivalry. Nobody, they suck. Nobody was saying that but Nebraska. They suck. Yeah. USC and UCLA, okay, yeah. They're big-name schools. I get it. L.A. market, I get it. But Washington and Oregon, like, really? I, I I just I I said to my dad we were talking about it last week when all this came down, and I said, "Remember a couple years ago when Iowa played in the Rose Bowl, <laughs> yeah. and they went and they got stomped yep. by whoever the hell they played? Was it Stanford? No, might have been. That will never happen again because they're not making the Rose Bowl ever, ever. Yep, you can take about." Nine of the 18 Big Ten teams, Illinois, Purdue, Northwestern, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Michigan, they're Iowa, they're never, ever, ever making the Rose Bowl again. It's not going to happen. They are now relegated to ninth and 10th place bowl games in that league. They're in the fucking lawnmower bowl <laughs> and the... In the Frosted Flakes Bowl and all this random shit that no one goes to and cares about, those schools, they might as well go 1AA. 
They're completely irrelevant to major college football now. Completely irrelevant. And I don't understand why they're all signing off on it. Just for a check? It doesn't make any sense. Shared revenue, that's all they want. They want a bigger piece of the pie now that the pie is getting bigger. That's all it is. It's unbelievable. Do you feel bad for, like, the leftover pack whatever yes. schools? Because yes. their conference has effectively been pilfered. 100%. But I like, also... Like Stanford and, um, and well, Washington Cal? State. Oh, right. Because like now the ACC, the ACC wants them, but now some of them don't. And they're kind of in limbo now. What are we going to do? And it's like... All of these conferences, the Big 12 being the most recent, have had to find replacements for teams, and they keep elevating these other non-Power 5 schools and say, you want to come play with the big boys now. Are they prepared for that? Are they going to be competitive? I have no idea, but they're going to get a test on it. Um, but I don't know. It's really weird. And I and I said on the air, I heard one woman at a brew pub in, when we were out in Coos Bay, Oregon, Said she couldn't wait for the Ducks to join the Big Ten, and it was like they're gonna just absolutely rip through the con- competition and and all this. But I mean, it's we're in their backyard, and obviously that she thinks that that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, there's stupid people everywhere. <laughs> Doesn't matter what state you're in. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm still I'm still gonna. This does not affect my level of fandom, I guess, in college sports or college football. It's just if this well, what is a, would maybe if they shut <laughs> I mean, it down. Like, what would? That's about it. I don't know. It's, I, I it's just, just going to be weird. I, I, they they have effectively though, and they I mean the the decision makers, yes. whoever they be, the TV executives, the conference commissioners, whatever. They've effectively destroyed the two things that set college athletics apart from professional sports, which was rivalry and tradition. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, that's, that's and, a back seat now. But but it will eventually, it will kill the sport because basically Alabama football, um, Duke basketball, you know, Kansas, they're, they're basically G League teams. They're, they're minor league teams. They're not really college teams. Um, college teams, like if you want to watch a college football game, you watch Northwestern and Iowa. You don't watch Ohio State and Michigan because Ohio State and Michigan, they're going to be full pros. They're going to buy all the good players, and that's just the way it's going to be going forward. Now, like Washington, Washington State, whatever that rivalry was, they say they're going to keep playing it. Okay, you lo- but it lost meaning because, okay, it matters because you're state rivals, but it used to really matter because you were conference rivals. And it also used to be in rivalry week, which yes. is the last week of the season. It was a big deal. And if you're playing your conference schedule and you're not in the same conference, that's not happening and, that and week. And people can poo-poo that, go, oh, it doesn't matter. People, yeah, people, if you're just going to regurgitate Saturday afternoon television ratings to me, you, you, you got me, you win. I, I, I don't have an argument for that. But if you have any integrity and you actually care about sports more than just your little sport of football, this is garbage. It sucks. It sucks for everybody that has ever played at a lower level. It sucks for all those kids that play different sports that are the non-revenue-generating sports. Um, It just makes life a lot more difficult on them. And and I think this is the very – this was the beginning of the end or the end of the end because I think we've already had the beginning of the end. This is kind of the end of the end where we are now at a time where there's basically three or four super conferences. 
and everybody else is just kind of left to fend for themselves. On some level, I feel bad for the pack because they've been pilfered, but at the same time, they failed to catch up with the media deal that a lot of these other conferences have. Well, I read that they kind of have done it to themselves to a degree. I read that, and don't quote me on the numbers, but it was something like ESPN was offering each school in the Pac-12 like thirty million for the rights, and then you know whatever that combined total was, that's what they were willing to pay the conference. And then the the conference came back and said they wanted fifty million, and ESPN walked away. So they overplayed their hand for sure, but I don't know. So now who are you adding? You know what I mean? If you're going to try and maintain the integrity and the number of teams in that conference, where are you going to go? Mountain West? Yeah. Are you adding Hawaii? Are you adding Boise? I don't even know who Boise State is. I don't even know who's in any conference Because most of those teams now have, have joined the Big 12, but I don't know who's in them. Like, where else do you go? I have no idea because that's... At the rate these teams have been being added, and we're kind of seeing it with the shift in high school to a much lesser degree because of football realignment. We're not going to go to Beloit Memorial anymore for a conference game for Craig or Parker. Mm -hmm. If they're going to schedule those, it's a non-conference game. That's a charter member of the conference. Right. They're not there anymore. Yeah. But, like, this seems to be everywhere to a degree. Yeah. Well, I just – I feel bad for the younger generation because – they're not going to know they, all well, this. Well, they think this is cool. Right. They're like, oh, yeah, it's we get cool, Oregon. The Badgers we in get Oregon USC. get to yeah. play, and the Badgers right. get to play USC. It's like, trust me, in about a decade, it ain't going to be that special. It's just not. And you're also not going to be rivals with those teams because you have, nothing, you have no commonality with any of these teams. And you're going to see fewer of the Big Ten teams that you have seen when you and I were exactly. growing up. You're not going to see Michigan. You're, you're well, not I mean, going like, to see Badger, Iowa Michigan should play State. every year. Are they going to always play every year? I mean, Badger-Northwestern's been a hell of a rivalry over the years. Badgers and Michigan State, that was a hell of a rivalry. We, we don't even see them as much anymore. So, yeah, the, the scheduling. And, and how do you do an 18-team football conference and not have divisions? I don't know. You just draw who wins the title out of a hat? Uh, we like these two teams best, this year. Go to You guys get to go play for the title. Best two records. That's with the Division One. Yeah, council. but what does that it's, mean? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I I honestly have no idea. Man, so, I hate it. I know. And I, and I knew you would. I it's, it, is, it is what it is. I, it's not worth me getting upset about. I how do you get stuff. How do you get recruiting violations in an era where you could pay players? It's a great question. Are there still rules? Well, apparently, because Jim Harbaugh is going to get suspended for probably six games for some recruiting violation. But he's going to be coaching every game this year because they couldn't come to an agreement about the suspension. Yeah. Michigan said, we'll suspend him four games, and it doesn't matter that our first four game opponents suck, and we'll probably be 4-0 no matter yeah, who Yeah, you coaches. and I could coach. Right. But And then the NCAA says, I don't think so. Michigan said, well, then we'll take another look, and we'll table this and whatever. So... Well, he'll just coach the entire year. Like, but, like, why do we have these rules? I don't know. <laughs> it's a great question. I don't know. You can leave your conference for a for a plane full of money. A coach can jump from school to school, not worrying about any repercussions of what he leaves behind, and he can get a new job. We're letting athletes bounce school to school all the time with this transfer shit. But, hey... I know that he just signed. He's going to sign a contract with this car dealership for the next couple of years, but you can't buy him that cheeseburger, man. You cannot buy him a Big Mac. I mean, 
What is that? When you step back and just put it like that, like, do some of these people, like, really break it down that far and, like, put all this stuff on the same plane? And and can you really take it seriously that no. that's what we're getting fired up about? It's like the tax code. It was written by people that don't even understand what they wrote. They don't. I mean, because they were never in these situations. Because they were all there. People that write this stuff and come up with it, they're all non-athletes. Is, they don't is, get it. Is anybody in that meeting room saying what you just said back to them and saying, "This is what we're doing, really, and we're going to be serious about it"? Well, the, but then they just shrug their shoulders and go, "Yeah, but we're still going to suspend them because you can't do anything about it." So there you go. Uh, you mentioned the transfer portal. Yeah, apparently they're tweaking that. Um, guys in their second, if it's your second transfer, you're going to have to sit a year. So you can do it once, free pass. Yeah, which I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I think these guys, though, that go to like three schools in three years and shit and I just mean, keep playing. We're seeing that in college That's football cr- yeah. and basketball. Yeah, I, I mean, like there that. are guys on That's... their fourth team in four years. Yeah, just go try to be a pro, man. That, Cause that's what you're chasing. Just, just go do that. You don't. You clearly don't. And you're clearly not good enough because and, you're at your third school in three years. And yeah, there are there that many coaching changes. Okay, fine. You don't. You want to go play for a coach? He's not there. Yes, you don't like totally the new system. You don't fit. You miss home. Fine, yep. go. Or you're way down on the depth chart. I, I understand. We're in the era now of players wanting more playing time sooner. I understand that. That's just where we are. If you want to go somewhere and find more playing time and you think it's better for your situation, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, people don't believe in waiting their turn anymore. No. Uh-uh. No, and if and if that's what is helping this process, go. Um but to be bouncing that much, I I actually agree with this. That's fine. Speaking of transfers, Graham Mertz has been named the Florida Gators starting quarterback. My buddy Josh is a huge Gators fan. Yeah. And I just said, I don't know. I don't remember how good Hornybrook did at Florida State. I think he was all right. Cone did pretty well. Pretty well at Notre Dame. What is our anticipation of Mertz's performance? Neither of those guys had the pedigree coming in that Mertz did. Correct. Um, I will just be very interested to see as well because – then you kind of find out, was it the player or was it the coaching? Well, they just had a guy taken fourth overall at that position. A, so, a stupid level athlete, though. I mean, that... I understand. Yeah, it's so hard it's, to compare those it's two It's ridiculous guys. to replace. Yeah. But he's got to... I mean... But he's going to have no excuses of the weapons around him. It oh, ain't going to be... He ain't going to be throwing to five foot ten, 160-pound guys like he was in Madison. <laughs> He's going to be throwing to guys that are going to be playing on Sundays, and that's and that's fair. Yeah, I just kind of readied my buddy, like, "Hey, man, it could be awful. It could be, it could be interception merch like we saw the last couple of years. But he may get down with better people around him and be like, okay, better this coaches, is... better players.' But you're are, you're probably playing better opponents for the most part as well. Yep, I would think. Yep. So, all right, anything else on college football? No. Nope. Before we move on. Uh, baseball Brewers have their biggest lead of the division in some time. They're three and a half games up on the Cubs and the Reds. Where did the Cubs come from? Well, they had that hot streak where they won like nine or ten in a row, and that was kind of in the midst of the Brewers just playing 500 baseball, and they caught up. They're 65-54. and 54. They go to Chicago, 
and uh, the Sox are out of the playoff picture. They traded away some assets. They're, for all intents and purposes, done. So a sweep is is nice. It's not out of the question. Uh, I well, think when you got your top three pitchers going, you should sweep them. No kidding. I mean, you had Mark that lined Burns, up Woodruff perfectly. Woodruff and Peralta, that was yeah. very nice. Uh, and then you get a day off before you go out west to play. Very weird road trip. Chicago, L.A., Arlington. Mm-hmm. Very odd. Yeah, I mean, the Brewers um, have been playing reasonably well as of late. Um, they've really kind of had a horseshoe up their ass. They've been winning a lot of extra <laughs> inning games in the last about 10 days. I think they won like four or five of them. Um, I do have to take one thing back. I did say that the National League Central was the worst division in baseball. I take it back. The AL, AL Central, Central is dog shit. That White Sox team is bad. Um, which is weird because as you're watching the game, you're like, well, Grandal, he's pretty he's good. good. Well, Moncada, isn't he pretty good? Well, is pretty Luis good. Roberts, like one of the best players in the American League, he's pretty good. Well, that pitcher, for some reason, they stink. I'm not sure what that's all about. Um, Woodruff has looked great in his two starts back. First start, I think he had nine strikeouts. Um, and then uh, on, I think it was Saturday, uh, he looked great again against the White Sox. So it's... Nice to see him back and healthy, and, you know, if the Brewers want to have a legitimate chance to make any kind of a playoff push, him and Burns, I think, for sure, and if you get Peralta following in, but those two guys got to be at the top of their game to to beat these good teams. Uh, Willie Adamas, he hit a home run the other day, and in... And, right, and in the game story, it said, he was two for 17 in the series, and I just went, but you had said, you know, are they going to... This contract extension, because we saw we saw the money going to the shortstops, and you were afraid that the Brewers are going to be kind of held to the fire on whether you let him go or you spend a ton of money to sign him. I don't think that's an issue anymore. Do you? I hope not. Um, I mean, I've been calling him Jose Hernandez 2.0. <laughs> I think that he's a little bit better in the field than Jose was, but um, at the plate, this kind of home run or die mentality. Jose struck out a lot. He did. He did. Um, and but he, I think he hit for a little bit better average. I mean, Adamas has been hovering around the Mendoza line all year, right around two hundred to two ten, somewhere in that range. Um, you know, but right now they don't have an option. I mean, it's not like they're going to yank him out and and put Terang over there and and then do something else. Aside. They just don't have any options at this point. They finally got rid of Urias. He's gone. Uh, they got they. What did you think about the additions? From the, the – was I gone for the trade deadline or some of the guys that they picked up? I mean, I, there's just eh. – I like the Santana deal okay. um, because clearly um, they needed an upgrade defensively at first. I mean, Rowdy Telez is very average at best, and then you're asking guys like Owen Miller to to play first base when some of these guys are throwing BBs in the dirt at you and – it's a lot to ask mm-hmm. for a guy who hasn't done that at that level. So they needed to go out and get somebody. Um, he can't hit. He He's going to pop an occasional home run, but he can't hit. Um, that Canna guy from the Mets, eh. I mean, you know, whatever. He can play a couple spots, I guess, if you need to. He, he's slapped a couple singles here and there, but uh, I, I don't. That's not a needle mover for me. He's the big walrus-looking guy. Oh, the pitcher? Yeah. Uh, Kenny Powers? Um <laughs> Yeah, he he blew that game the other night, um, walked the house. But um, I thought that was a strange trade when they got him because they got him from Arizona, and Arizona's in the playoff hunt. It's just 
usually you don't trade away relief help when you're trying to make a run unless you think that he's not good enough so to help you. I, I don't know. Those are right? those those are the kind of that's like some inside baseball shit that sure we don't necessarily know about, but the most fun thing about the last couple of weeks has been Sal Fraley. For sure. And this guy has been making ridiculous catches in the outfield and I told my dad yesterday I, this is extremely hyperbolic. I see a little Molitor in him. Okay. I he's not not the hitter, but like as the igniter kind of getting things going and kind of bringing some juice. Like every time I see him on offense, it seems like he's running around the bases <laughs> and fast. And he scored yesterday on a ground ball to left field. He scored from second base and he scored easy. It's like holy shit. Um so that's that's pretty fun to watch. That's pretty exciting. And, you know, Terang and Weimer, as much as they've struggled at the plate this year at times, like those those guys are freaking gold glove level defensive players right now. And, you know, <laughs> if the Brewers are going to make a run, it's not going to be hitting. It's going to be lights out pitching and then some serious lockdown defense where they're not making any mistakes, no errors. Um, like they had that cost them a couple of uh, games ago out in Washington where they lost that game on an error at the end. But, you know, Devin Williams continues to be good. These these middle bullpen guys kind of pick pick and choose here and there. Um, you know, Miley and Hauser, yeah, they're all right. They're all right. I'd like to see Miley be a little more healthy because when he's healthy, he's pretty good. Right. But he's always seems to have something going on. I don't know. So... I mean, the playoff picture right now, uh, I haven't even looked who's winning each division. I've kind of just paid attention to the Central. I did see that aren't the Yankees and the Mets both in last place in their respective divisions, I think. Yeah, it's rough going for uh, for New York baseball fans this year for sure. Um, you, you got the youngsters kind of at the top in the American League with Baltimore and Tampa and Texas. I mean, those are the only three teams in the AL with 70 wins. Um Minnesota is winning the Central kind of by default. Somebody's got to win it. Cleveland was right kind of there. They're but... four and a half back, but they stink. Um, you know, Houston's good. They're right behind Texas. And then the wild card, you know, that that the, the whole league's basically still in it. Right. Um, in the NL, Atlanta kind of running away from everybody with 75 wins. The Dodgers behind at 71. Um, and then the Brewers are tied with, Philadelphia for the third best record in the in the NL 65 and 54. So Brewers are in a pretty good spot. Um but boy, I, you look at this and you're like Padres are 6 games under. St. Louis is 14 games under. Mets are 12 games under. I mean, those are some surprising teams seeing where they're at at this point in the season. They, you know, some high-profile, high-priced players on those teams. They've really disappointed. I mean, shit the Mets traded Verlander and Scherzer. Oh, I mean, their salary. I mean, if you're Houston, you just, just ah, we'll just just trade us back Verlander. We'll take him. <laughs> we'll take back the best right-handed pitcher since fucking Clemens. No problem. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay. Bet, go ahead. Did you – so two things I don't know if you've seen. The first one, I got an alert on my phone the other day. 
There was an article on Bleacher Report. Take Bleacher Report for what it's worth, Correct. but it's on my phone. That the Brewers are threatening about moving again. Yeah. With this whole stadium Are they renovation. threatening? Are they threatening? Well, Have we heard it from? No, we haven't heard it directly from them. Right. But the implication is. Correct. If these these this four hundred and fifty million dollar renovation to Miller Park isn't done in the very near future, or at least the money committed, they can start. I think their lease runs through twenty thirty, so they can start looking elsewhere. I thought it was thirty two or thirty three. I thought we had about ten years. Well, left. they might have a get out window oh, gotcha. though okay. that allows them to to leave early. The but lease says we're allowed to move. Exactly, attendance falls below. <laughs> so you know, there's that. Which I mean. I don't know. I, if in 2032 the Brewers moved to Nashville and I'm 50, eh. Oh, really? Wow, that's not what I expected from you. Don't let the door you. hit you on the way out. Wow. Fuck you. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I'll just throw them. Other than my yount stuff, it's shit canned. I mean, I, interesting. I'm, I love the Brewers. I know. But if you leave... I'm not like gonna be a Nashville Brewer fan or a you're not, San Antonio Brewer fan or something. You're not running down the highway chasing the car as, no, it, as it's no. I, I mean, I probably would never watch baseball again because I barely watch it now if the Brewers aren't involved. So I, I mean, okay. So good luck having a a, a loyal fan base like you have in Wisconsin. My buddy, my buddy Spencer, who you and I golfed with mm-hmm. last year, he has been doing nothing. You've been off Twitter. He's been doing nothing but hammering every post of the Brewers. He's been talking about how Antanasio is not a good guy. He's taking everybody for a ride. He's looking to move. He's looking to do everything on the cheap and get the money and do all this stuff in it. I take that with a lot yeah. of grain, grain of salt. I don't, I don't know if I buy John, most of that. Right. Big grain of salt. But you at least have to admit that this being brought up right now is purely just to put pressure on yeah, everybody well, involved. And the problem the problem that I have, I understand the Brewers believe or whoever is telling the Brewers that they need, you know, I'm sure they're hiring people to come in and look at the stadium to tell them what needs to be upgraded. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe them. But in 2023... In the middle of a recession with notorious budget shortfalls for all these states and all these counties and all these communities to stick your hand out and ask for a half of a billion dollars to fix the shitters at Miller Park, a a stadium that, let's be real, is only 22 years old. Right. The roof needing fixing, that I believe a million percent because you you can't have an apparatus opening and shutting like that. And just like, ah, it's fine. No, I'm sure that needs maintenance and, and that's upkeep. that's kind of been the worst part of the whole yeah, operation from that. the get-go. But right now, going public with that kind of stuff, it, I don't think it plays well for the brewers. I don't think I don't think there's a lot of people screaming at the people that are, I don't know, I don't know who holds the lease for Miller Park. I don't know if that's county or state, whatever. I don't think there's a lot of people screaming at them right now, like, you got to come up with the money. I think people are more looking at the Brewers like, really? Really? Yeah. Like, come on, man. I get it, but right now? So I follow a journalist who works in Milwaukee, and he's kind of been investigating a lot of this other stuff, and he was talking about 
one other angle in that the Brewers are going to try to capitalize and build up a lot of the area around the park. They should. The way that the Bucks have yeah. with the Deer District and also the Packers have done with the Titletown District and try to get a lot of ownership on a lot of hotels and restaurants and activities. And one thing that was brought up was, well, are you going to do that for a park that is only used X amount and then in the wintertime nothing's going on? Are you going to try to turn that into a year-round sort of a thing? It would be used more than any of the other stadiums Correct. in the state. But we went up in the spring when football is not happening to, to the title town. There was so much stuff going on that they have found so many other uses for everything well, but, but the stadium. You can't compare it to Green Bay because Green Bay is like another planet. It's like an okay. enti- it's an entity into its own. What is happening in the summertime at the Deer District? Are people still going around there and are things happening around there? Oh, yeah. Well, there. I mean, I... And we don't live there, so right. I'm not there very often. But I mean, yeah, they got concerts and you know wrestling events that come to town, and yeah, I think they're doing shit okay. down there all the time. So his also point in doing that was with the Brewers trying to get more money in and and more revenue. What does that do to the local businesses up on that hill across Blue Mound that do the the shuttling and the bars and all that other stuff that are directly related to to the stadium? You're now going to pull business away from them and maybe force them to potentially possibly go yeah. under. Yeah. So, I mean, like there's, there's I know, kind of um, a balance there that you may need to find if that's the angle you're going for. I know Major Goolsby's, a famous bar down down <laughs> in Milwaukee, um, they hate the Deer, uh, the Deer District of course they because do. it's stolen all of their, their pregame people. I mean, Goolsby's now is like another two blocks away from the new arena. Um, as opposed to being like a block and a half away from the Bradley Center. So, hey, you know, that might have to happen. Um, I mean, there are some businesses, you know, when you look at that back lot, there's a big building there. I'm not sure what that is. And then kind of behind that's Potawatomi, mm-hmm. not, not too far down the road. So, you know, there's a lot of industrial stuff on that end that I don't know if they could get their hands on. On the other side of the trees on the south side of, I think that's on the south side of the stadium, is there just a residential neighborhood? Because I know people walk through some trails back there. And there's a cemetery on one side that obviously they are not able to touch. There's not a whole lot of room there to create this whole thing. I don't know. Um, I mean, it'll be sad if it happens. Is it going to, like you, is it going to crush me? I don't think it will happen. I don't either. But if it, did, gonna if, it, if it did happen and I was 50 years old, I would probably just shrug my shoulders and just watch the box. <laughs> then that summer is going to get a lot longer if you're not doing anything. Yeah, but when stuff. you get older, you just you lose interest in some stuff. And, I understand. You know. All right. Okay, uh, la- the last sure. thing. We haven't talked about this. Oh, my God. I think I, yeah, I think I know where you're going. What does it make of this deal with the Orioles announcer getting suspended? So my buddy Corey, who is the voice of Tulane Athletics, uh, football, basketball, and baseball, he put this clip up, and that's where I first saw it. And I will admit, I had I didn't know what the story was. And I watched this, and I'm like, oh, this guy's going to say something really egregious, or he's going to drop a bomb, or yeah. maybe an N-word. or I, I have well, no idea where knows. this is going. And I watched it, and I went, okay, what I miss? So I went and I watched it again. I got to be missing something. I watched again, and I watched again, and I watched. I watched it a dozen times. I went, 
what is happening? And then I read somebody's rundown of the fact that Baltimore was pissed that he said how much they've struggled and have very few wins against this team or whatever streaker during this time or what. And I went, that's it? How fucking soft are we going to be about this sort of stuff? thin-skinned. Really? And it makes me nervous as an announcer. (laughs) You're laughing, but, like, you know, for our Whitewater stuff, I mean... Our high school gonna, stuff, well, too. High school yeah, stuff. I yeah. mean, I mean, complaints come in about whatever, but I don't think we've ever said anything like this guy that's not based in reality and facts. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we have our opinions, but I don't think they're outlandish or as far-fetched, not nearly to the degree that this guy was just basically reporting. Well, and I thought the most interesting part was, if you're going to suspend somebody, wouldn't you suspend the producer? Because right. didn't he create the graphic and probably tell the announcer, we're going to talk about this? Isn't that, I think that's how TV works, right? Like the, the guy could at the be, end of the day, the producer controls what goes on. And, pretty much. You know. I mean, the guy could say, okay, here's what I found on this. I need a graphic for this. And the producer ultimately yeah. gives it the green sure. light. And, you know, there's a collaboration could be, could there. Be, yep. But if you don't suspend then fine, make it a package deal. <laughs> right. At least. You know, this guy's suspended, that guy's suspended. Well, and of course, all the all the know. other announcers in the major leagues, and oh, all, they, were all, all, or they all went wild of on course. this and name-called the, the candy-ass Orioles owner. But I will say this, and, and I don't know... Um, I don't know how this works with the Brewers, but the way the Brewers announcers talk about Willie Adamas... <laughs> Oh, my God. He's not going to go out with you, guys. <laughs> like, it is unbelievable the way they talk about this guy. A guy who... little gargling. Oh, my God. Like, and that's one of those things, like, I wonder sometimes, like, is that a directive? Does the team di- direct these guys, like, who to talk about? Because, like, they don't they don't blow Yelich like that. They talk about how Yelich is a very good player. Corbin Burns is awesome. They don't talk about him like that, but like the way they talk about Willie Adamas is like they want to do some stuff. And I just don't understand where this is coming from. It's very strange to me. I mean, I don't remember a Brewer. I mean, I think the Bucks talk that way a little bit about Giannis. For sure. But it's Giannis. But, but it's deserved. It's Giannis, yes. right? This is just strange. The guy's not an average or below average player. I mean, is he a nice guy? I'm sure he sure. is. Is he the funny guy in the locker Maybe. room? Okay. I could do without throwing sunflower seeds in Adrian Hauser's face as he's trying to give a interview on national TV during the White Sox game the other day. I don't think he particularly appreciated it either. But I know that's your shtick. You got to get on camera. You're you're little Arcia Junior that way, but it's very weird, man. I've I've picked up my dad and I both have kind of been like, what is that all about? Is he, that like part of sweet talking him to stay? Like we love you, Willie. Does he really we hear about that stuff that happens in the broadcast? <laughs> Sophia probably though. tells him. I don't know. I continually love, and I know she's your girl. I continually love that she is in the path of Gatorade baths. 
almost every time they happen. She always looks the best on Sundays. I, so, for some reason, she must. They must get numbers that know that more people watch on Sundays. But Soap's always on her A game on Sunday. She, she was looking pretty, pretty tasty the other day. Pretty tasty. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, nice little hot pocket. Thanks. That's enough baseball. Um, I saw a couple of things today, and I I didn't go any deeper. I know that the Hall of Fame induction for the uh, for the Basketball Hall of Fame happened over the weekend, and a lot of big names in there. Um, and I saw that Wade kind of teared up in his. I didn't watch, uh, and then I saw James Harden calling um, somebody a liar in front of a big crowd, and then. Uh, Giannis isn't going to play for Team Greece because of his knee thing that happened um, a, a month ago. And then Team USA, on their third of five, I think, warm-up FIBA games, they beat Spain, who's supposed to be the number one team in the world behind uh, Team USA. So I'll let you just kind of go on all those things uh, as far as the uh, the basketball world yeah, is concerned. Yeah, I, I haven't watched the, the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony yet. I got it on my DVR. Um, but Wade... Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Paul Gasol, Greg Popovich, Becky Hammond, and a couple other people went in. Um, I mean, two of the, well, three of probably the top five or six international players ever with Dirk Parker and Gasol going in together. That's a big list. Um, Maybe one of the three greatest coaches of all time in Popovich and then Dwayne Wade, who uh, fantastic career, first Marquette guy to ever go into the to the oh, Hall of Fame. I didn't know so that. okay. that's a very cool thing. So yeah, I I heard Wade's speech was very good. I heard he gave uh, a lot of Marquette shout outs. I think D, I think Travis Diener was there. Oh. It was funny uh, last week in the in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel they kind of did a an oral history on on Wade and his uh, how he came to Marquette and then during his Marquette career and stuff. And uh, just some funny stories uh, uh, about about his time told by a lot of his former teammates and stuff. And, and it was just funny because Diener, Diener said that uh, him and Wade used to room together on the road. And he said that he spent a lot of nights sleeping, this is Diener, sleeping in the bathtub because Dwayne Wade's snoring was out of control <laughs> and he, you couldn't get him up. Really? Yeah. He was and, in that deep. And, and the funny thing is he currently has a commercial with his wife, Gabrielle Union, now for one of those beds that, like, tilts you up. And she talks about how awful of a snorer he is. So I just thought that was Probably kind of needs a CPAP machine yeah. despite how good a shape he's in. Um, Nothing like going all the way to China halfway around the world to take a dump on your boss's head. Holy crap. Like James Harden did yesterday to his general manager, Daryl Morey. Um, so he wanted a trade. Well. Right? Again, most recently, yes, 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 and they said, "Okay, we're going to explore trades," and then they came out and said, "Well, we didn't find anything we liked." But that's not why he called them a lie. Oh, okay, all right, that's so what I thought it was what, about. What I believe the story, the real story is, so he gets he forces his way out of Brooklyn, right? And Daryl Morey, who was his general manager in Houston, and they worked together for all those years when Harden was on the Rockets. Got him to Philly. At the end of this year, Harden could have become a free agent or he could have opted into his contract. He chose to opt into his contract with what most people believe was a wink-wink deal with the Sixers that if I opt into this, you're going to take care of me with an extension. Hi, Fuzz. Can you actually hear us now? 
now Philadelphia has decided they don't really know if they want to give him this extension or maybe not the one that he wants, whether it's years or money. That's why he demanded the trade. Okay. And then the Sixers have now said, no, we can't find a trade partner. We'll see you at camp. And Harden's going to do what he probably, well, not what probably, he's going to probably do what he did in Houston, which is come in fat and out of shape <laughs> and play like shit and be a baby and try to force his way out that way. Because you really can't hold out in the NBA. It's just financially it kills you. Um, but it's going to get ugly. And and again. Isn't it already? I just, I feel bad for Embiid. Like, you know what? You draft, you, you, you stick me with Ben Simmons. Guy's a fucking flake. Then you go get me James Harden. Dude don't even want to play half the time. He's staring down the barrel of 30 years old, and he's never even gotten to a conference finals yet. Like, he's seen Giannis win a title, be called the best player in the world. He's seen Jokic win a title, be called the best player in the world. He's got to be sitting there going, man, get me on the Knicks or somebody. Get me out of here. Because I think he's the next one that's going to be wanting to leave. He's going to demand a trade. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, and then the FIBA World Cup. Yeah, I, I didn't even know it was on. Uh, I mean, I mean I it's an exhibition. To, game, yeah, I was yeah. flicking around after the Brewer game yesterday, and I caught it in the second quarter, and I'm glad I did because it was a really, really good game. Um, Spain's really good. Spain's always really good. Um, they got the, the Hernan Gomez brothers uh, are their big guys. One of them was the star of the Adam Sandler movie that he just did on oh, Netflix. Oh, the uncut gems yeah. or whatever it One was. of the brothers is the star okay. of that. He's on this team. Um, they got another big guy who's who's pretty good. They got a couple of, of NBA guys on their team. And then, the, you know, they're, that's what I love about FIBA basketball. I get such a kick out of it is, like, there's two guards on Spain I never heard of that were kicking the U.S.'s ass for a quarter and a half yesterday. Just doing whatever they wanted, burying threes, getting to the hoop, floaters off the wrong foot. No, no clue who these guys are. But they're really, really fucking good players. Um, this particular USA team... Not a lot of firepower. Um, I saw the roster. I was like, "Yeah, they're, they're, you'd they're, know better than I would." They're gonna they're gonna have to win with defense. Bobby Portis is on this team, but I think he was the only guy that didn't get in yesterday. So he was either the twelfth man or the eleventh man. Um, but yeah, they play Greece Friday, and then Greece and Germany play Saturday, and then Greece, uh, Germany and the U.S. play Sunday. So it's a little bit of a showcase tournament deal. Um, before, before the real thing. Yeah, before the real thing, which is, I don't know, like end of the month, I think. Did I, and did I read it's in the Philippines? I had for, it, it could be. I had forgotten they got seventh last time the U.S. did. I didn't know that. I forgot about that. Like, I got to go back and look who the fuck was on that team. <laughs> um, but I, I always really enjoy that style of ball Why? because it's much more reminiscent to what I grew up playing. Sure. It's, it's a lot more physical. They don't call that cheap shit. Um the one rule in, in FIBA that I just wish they would bring into the NBA is the one where you can slap it out of the rim. If you shoot a shot and it rattles around in the rim in international ball, you can go up and slap it out in America. It's a goaltend. Oh. I like that rule. Okay. It's like, hey, man, you got to swish it. You got to swish it. So as soon as it hits the rim, it's live. Yeah. So that, that, that's kind of a cool thing. But um, yeah, man, that arena was rocking when Spain went up like four because the game was in Spain. Oh, it was. And Spain went up like four or five in the third quarter, 
And uh, I thought, uh-oh, this could be interesting. But uh, U.S. kind of righted the ship, stopped throwing the ball to the wrong team, and things worked out a little bit. Tyrese Halliburton is on that yep, team. I saw that. A kid from Oshkosh. So, so that's cool as well. But uh, yeah, if you're, if you know, if if the big three's not doing it for you, I watched like ten minutes of that with my dad. He's like, "What is this?" I'm like, "It's old, washed up dudes with women coaches that play half court." Like Katito Mobley's out there, still a good player, entirely gray beard. <laughs> he did entirely gray beard. I'm like, man. I remember watching you when I was in high school. I'm old now. Sounds, Shit, sounds like you have fun with that. Jesus. That stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Can you imagine if they had, like, old man football, like old man seven oh on seven? Oh, my God. Peyton Manning out there just throwing darts at people's ankles. <laughs> with, his, with his dead shoulder. People be blowing out knees oh and God. twisting ankles and all kinds of stuff. I wish they would get rid of the home run derby, though, and bring back old timers day. Old timers day. Right? That was, like, a real I thing. I remember that, yes. And those guys would come out and play a real game. Yeah, they need to bring that That's back. That's a great you know, idea. You're telling me you wouldn't want to see... Maddox against Griffey Jr. again. That'd be or awesome. Randy Johnson against Bonds. Like, that shit would be awesome. Even if your arm's dead and yeah, you're just lobbing them in, you still can. I, hit, it in, hit it in the gap and get a single. That's fine. You do that in softball. I do. It's all good. <laughs> Thank you. That would be fun again. Yeah. You're right. There, awesome. And there's so many names. Well, and I feel like guys now. Like, I feel like you would get guys, like, in their early 50s that could still play. Probably true. The, because we're still just, in decent shape. Different world now. Taking I mean, better we're, care. We were looking at some of my football cards. Oh, my God. There's an old Packer from the 60s. He's 32 years old. He didn't have a hair on his head. That was unbelievable. And it wasn't because he shaved his head. He no, just It all he, fell he off. He was just bald. 32. And it wasn't his helmet rubbing no. it off. That was that was crazy. So, yeah, I, I think it would be – I think. I, you telling me you don't want to see 60-year-old Ricky Henderson try to steal a base? 100% I do. Come on, man. Absolutely. Try That's better steal. than watching Aaron Judge his, hit his 17th 480-foot homer. Do you think Pudge and Piazza could actually get – who's going to catch? I don't know. That's who's going to catch? <laughs> who's going to get that stuff on? Yachty. Are you – Your boy Molina. There you go. All-time designated catcher. He just yells at everybody the whole game. Tells them how to play the Cardinal way. That's it. That's the game. I would not watch. If that guy's in there, I would absolutely not watch. Done. Um, as far as UW-Whitewater is concerned, they had their first practice last week. They opened up Camp Badgers, opened up in Platteville, which I thought was kind of cool. Fickle did that back when he was in Cincinnati and the Pioneers needed it. Um, so there was a lot of cool pictures from the Platteville press box about the field. We were just there last year. But um, we're going to media day in a couple of weeks. Uh, we got the coaches show. When is first game? Uh, Labor Day weekend, okay. so September second, um, we go out to. We actually fly out that morning uh, for Cleveland. We're doing a game at Mansfield Stadium for high school, and then we're hopping a plane at like seven thirty. We're going to get there nine thirty Eastern time. Rent a car, head over to John Carroll University. Um, the first six games for Whitewater, three non conference and three conference, are an absolute murderer's row. Um, with and the. D3football.com came out with their top 25, um, and uh, there was some other uh, organization that came out with theirs. Lacrosse wasn't even ranked in the top 25, which I thought was odd. Oshkosh is in there. River Falls is in there. And all the teams, John Carroll, I don't remember. I think they were ranked in the D3football one. 
Uh, St. John's, I think, is top five. Mary Harden Baylor's top five. You, Whitewater's got to play both of them. Then they got a uh, they got a week off after those three games, uh, and then they open up on the road at Oshkosh, and then I think they're home against Lacrosse, and then they go to River Falls. I mean, it is. Hey man, it's the WEAC. It's it the best is brutal. Best D three conference for sports in the country. Like we thought last year was tough. This year is even tougher. New coach. We're taking over their coaches show. That's going to be on Monday nights uh, from around where I think we're doing the one first one at eight forty one Brew House. We're going to be doing it live on the on the Warhawk Football Twitter account. Now that I've figured this out, um, and then we're going to podcast it to the website. Uh, we saw the high school scrimmage uh, at Craig for the Cougars. We're going to spread it out this year. Um, instead of running their triple option, Milton was there. They got a couple of guys on offense, but it could be it could be another tough season for Milton. Beloit Memorial was down there. They're not in the Big Eight again, so we're not going to see them. And then uh, Milwaukee King traveled a long way for a for a scrimmage at Craig. I thought that was kind of kind of surprised they were fielding the football team. That's true too. But they just had because pre- who who just came out and said they couldn't field a team recently? East Troy. East Troy. That's what it was. East yeah, Troy. yeah, yeah. And they played Beloit Turner first week, or they were supposed to. And Turner just found some uh, Sheboygan Falls. But it's like they had. I don't remember what the press release said. I think they want. I want to say it was like thirty-seven or 41 players in the entire program, and freshmen like, through seniors. And, like, 30 of them were freshmen. Yes. And, obviously, you can't do that. They'll get killed. They're, they, you li- want, they literally would you get You want killed. them all to quit for next year? Yeah. So, I hope that they're allowed to go play at, like, Waterford or Burlington. Isn't there, like, don't they have, like, Ironman football or some of that stuff? Couldn't they get into? They, they have eight-man league. Eight-man league? Okay. But I, but I don't think you can all of a sudden say, we don't have enough players. Yeah. Can we join your eight-man conference? Sure. I, you know, the schedules are already not set. Not enough money in it. Probably not. <laughs> no. There's no television rights to No, to not eight-man football. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for the football season. We're talking to, we're talking to both coaches this week. Um, we got our first game up at actually Titan Stadium in Oshkosh. They play Oshkosh North. Craig does, so we're going to get to see our our radio booth that we're going to be in in a couple of months when Whitewater plays Oshkosh. So it's, I mean, it's starting and uh, it's going to be, it's going, and now starts the busy season. And halfway through, I'll put together the basketball schedule, and you and I will be planning out where we're oh going to go. God, and that's going to be brutal. Bredesen's going to hassle us and. Figure yeah. out how many games we're going to try and do for him, and I think we're in for a rough, rough winter. But, I think so too, um, because we got a couple of coaches on the on yeah. the girls' side that aren't that aren't coaching. I, I texted you earlier. Angie Murphy just resigned from Verona today, and then a couple of weeks ago, Kerry Storbachan for Janesville Craig on the girls' program. He retired from coaching. He's still going to teach uh, PE uh, at Craig, but so there's going to be a little turnover going on. Yep. So I thought that was odd, um, but. Yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at right at the moment. Well, getting back to your the first Whitewater game. So, will this make you guys feel like extra special, real pro announcers when you do a game on Friday night and you walk out with your suitcase on a roller and all your equipment and you guys get to go to the airport and hop on a plane and then the next day you go do another game? Like, are you guys, you guys are venturing into some pretty pretty deep waters here. Are you ready for this? I don't remember. I mean, we did that last year, but we didn't get I mean, on this a plane. Is, this isn't like me and you doing a Craig Beloit game on Thursday and no. then going to Middleton on Friday. God, this no. is like... You got a you got a suitcase with wheels on it, yes. and you're getting on a plane. This and, is and a different animal. We we got a t- hi Tim. We got a couple of hours sleep, 
and you know we're we're checking the luggage, we're getting our charts printed out, and we're making sure we got our laptops and and gizmos. Just and make whatever. sure you know, coach. It's not too much traveling. Coach Joe doesn't know what city he's in or something. Oh God, this is gonna be. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> we've got uh, we've got Pete Loizos uh, shout out set to hook us up with Guardians tickets when we go cool. to John Carroll. So as soon as we're done with that, we're gonna go. I've never been to a different ballpark other than the Metrodome. And Miller Park and the White Sox Stadium. Okay. I, I haven't seen any other parks. Mm-hmm. So Cleveland's home that night. We're going to go see. I don't even know who they play. I think they play Tampa Bay. Well, it's a good so, team to so see. we're going to see that. And then I'm trying to get us um, uh, media credentials when we go down to Mary Harden Baylor because we're staying in Austin to see Texas and Wyoming. They play a night game. It might be a 40-point pounding. but Texas. I, right. Yeah. I, I want to go to the stadium. Well, so you're going to get a chance to go to a Texas game. Right. I want to take it in. I yeah. would love to see a high school football game in Texas if they play on a Saturday somewhere. You probably have an easier time getting a University of Texas ticket. Right. Than a high school game, <laughs> yeah. for sure. So, so we're going to try and do some of those things. Um, but it's going to be busy. I'm going to try to take Mondays off because we got the coaches show that night live on location for Whitewater. But... It's going to be a busy time, and that's kind of why I'm stepping back from the podcast deal um, because I'm going to be gone a lot interviewing coaches and, and doing other things and then traveling on weekends, whether it's for high school on Fridays or Whitewater and traipsing around Wisconsin and the country on Saturdays. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of the reason for this whole thing, and it's, it's kind of bittersweet that it's cool I get to experience that, but I'm not going to be – here doing this yeah. with you because we've we're just short of two hundred episodes. Yeah, yeah, we um, are. Have you thought about a replacement? No, at all. No, or, 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 or are we just going to let this die until uh, we, we know, can catch up? Or I don't what? really like to think ahead too much. I kind of like <laughs> like to live in the moment, live okay. day by day. Most people uh. say that's probably why you're single in your forties. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I'll, I'll figure it out. And like I said, if I have to do a couple of them by myself, that's fine. You yep. know, I may be able to have somebody call in or. Sure, you know if somebody wants to come over and hang out and and talk some stuff, but we're still we're, we're still a couple of weeks away from really kind of getting into the into the nitty gritty. Once sure. once we're about a week away from the football season, which is about three weeks from now, yeah, Labor Day weekend, yeah, really. We'll uh, we'll hopefully have some things buttoned up, and and you and I'll I'll figure some stuff oh, out. Sure. I'm sure you'll pop on here and there. If you're I would just love sitting to. on the couch or Ab- something. Absolutely, and and, uh, and that's that's always welcome as well. So it'll right. be fine, okay. and then uh, hopefully, you know, maybe. First of the year, yeah. Once you're done with all that stuff, and we're in the absolute doldrums of oh. doing bad basketball games and freezing ass weeknights, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll want to come out here and vent a little bit. Sure, I'm sure I'm sure we can find time to do that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right, so that's a uh, that's a good hour and eighteen. That was where we're at right now for this edition. Uh, sorry, Tim, you're gonna have to listen to it on the podcast. You joined in the in the last couple of minutes, but I appreciate you checking in on. On, on Twitter, and uh, for everybody that did join in, that's awesome. Glad I got this figured out before I don't have to make a fool of myself at the Whitewater Coaches Show, which I botched completely a couple of weeks ago before I went on vacation and before Bill went on Stop vacation. Stop telling but, on yourself. I, hey, that's full transparency. That's what it is. At least I know what I'm doing now, and that and, and that's all that matters. So uh, for everybody that has listened and is listening, we appreciate it. We're not going anywhere. Dan, again, might, as he said, uh, kind of keep this going to some degree. I'll be back, but it's just going to be a little bit more infrequent. But stay subscribing, stay downloading. We'll be here. Um, it's just going to be a little bit more spread out. So uh, thank you for listening and downloading and subscribing. And, of course, tell your friends. Until sometime, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you whenever. Go Brew Crew.